0: This morning I'm going to be sharing on the basically the theme of preparation for revival and in particular I want to look at you know fresh encounters with the Lord and you know over recent recent weeks I've been praying and I realized in my own life you know my need my lack and just that I might meet the Lord afresh and touch God in a new way and you know we're living and we're living in Desperate times and, you know, we need to, all of us can, you know, meet with God in new ways, in fresh ways. And as we reach out to him, he wants to come and he wants to reach out to us and to meet meet us and to touch us and to change us and to prepare us, you know, for revival and for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when we think of the, you know, the state of our nation, the state of America, I mean, never, never has it been like this before. America has never experienced a plague, a pandemic with an economic meltdown with 40 million, 40 million people unemployed. And then we've seen riots and fires breaking out in different places because of racism. COVID-19, the coronavirus, is the worst plague in American history. Over 120 deaths and about two and a half million cases. That's a report from June 2020. And one of the worst places being right close by in New York, our same state in New York City. And yet what has happened? And what has happened over the last few months? And those figures, you know, are nothing, are just virtually nothing compared with the judgments of God which will come upon the earth during the Great Tribulation. One of those judgments during the Great Tribulation is one third of all the people on the earth will die. And so the coronavirus is just a drop in the bucket compared with that. But it's interesting, statistically I heard or read, America, America has only 4% of the population of the world. Only 4% of the population of the world. But it doesn't have 4% of the deaths of the world by the virus. It has 30% of the deaths of the world from this pandemic. And so, you know, what is God saying? God's judgment will... You know, on the land, I, I believe will not end until there's a well unless there's there's national repentance and crying out to God and a turning and a forsaking of our evil ways. And a verse which has often been quoted the last few months is isaiah twenty six and verse nine. And it says, "For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn, righteousness. When your judgments are in the world, the, inha- the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness, or at least by the grace of God, some will. And we're in a battle. We're in a tremendous battle. You know, it, it's a battle You know, not really amongst politics or ideologies or anything else, but it's a battle between, the, between spiritual forces, between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan between light and between darkness. And we're in a warfare. Paul says the weapons of our warfare. We're in a fight. We're in a battle. They're not carnal weapons. And there's a tremendous battle for the soul of of our nation. As a nation, we desperately need revival. Really, revival is our only hope. The answer to our problems is revival. Not ideologies, not politics, not protests, not education, not a better economy. And it's true, only God can send revival. Revival is is, is sovereign. Yet, we have a part. And yet, as God's people become desperate for him, we have promises We have the promise in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 14, which again is another very quoted verse over recent months, that God will heal our land. But there must be a a desperation. There must be a seeking. And often before God comes, in fact, virtually in every revival and every new visitation and every fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit, There's, before that takes place, there's those who have encounters with God, who meet with God, meet with God in a fresh way. And there in that familiar verse, 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, If my people, who are called after my name, if they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, repent of their wicked ways and there's many wicked ways in America i mean we've changed god's laws we've taken the bible and prayer out of our schools we've passed laws permitting abortion and literally i think over the recent years there's been something like 60 million babies that have been aborted or murdered We've passed laws. We've legalized same-sex marriages. And we've done things that are an abomination of God's, in God's sight. And unless there's, you know, repentance and national repentance, I mean, you know, there is judgment to come. But God says, if my people, we, the church, God's people, we are the un- answer, really the only answer to this nation and we're called to humble ourselves. If my people who are called after my name will humble themselves, will pray, will seek my face, will turn from their wicked ways. God says, if you do those four things, God says, I will do three things. I will hear your prayer. I'll forgive your sin. And then he said, I will heal your land. I will heal your land. And I believe we need revival for our land to be healed. Pastor, Pastor Bailey, way back in 1955, in many years back in Switzerland, God gave a series of visions to him for six days of awesome revival in America. He said that revival will be beyond our fondest dreams, a revival of such power and such glory He saw the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But that has not yet happened. And at another camp meeting where he was speaking, back in an Elam camp meeting in 1967, on the other side, we looked at revival, but he also had a vision of judgment. And he also received visions of God's judgments. And natural disasters coming upon America and the United Kingdom. And so, by the grace of God, you know, we need, we need to be a people. We're in very serious times. And we need to cry out to God. I've been asking the Lord, 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 I need, I need something new, I need something fresh. I need to meet you in a new way. And I've been praying that God will will do that. But I believe all of us. You know, we need to be seeking Him, be crying out to God, that, that God would would do something new, that God would meet with us in a fresh way. And before revival or a fresh visitation, there's always an encounter with God that will precede it. And many of us at some stage, you know, we've had we've had encounters with the Lord. Some have a real wonderful encounter with god at salvation i mean paul he met the lord on that dramatic on the damascus road shining light from heaven others have encounters with god when they're baptized in water or filled with the holy spirit or meet the lord you know as their healer many years ago i was nearly nearly dead with cerebral malaria people prayed and you know god came and god answered and it was a it was a wonderful encounter with God, and God raised me up. Others have encounters with God, deliverance, and they're mightily touched with God. And many others, just as they seek God, God comes, God speaks to them afresh, God meets with them afresh, and they just encounter the Lord in a new way. And Jacob, in the Word of God, you know, he, he, he is one. We can identify with him quite easily, at least I can, because you know he had, many, he had many hang-ups, he had many problems, but he had a heart for God, and God saw that heart, and he pressed into God, and God dealt with those issues in his life, and God brought change, and God brought transformation. He had big problems because there was much deceit in his life. But God dealt with him. God changed him. And God himself became known, not as just the God of Abraham, not only as the God of Isaac, but also the God of Jacob. And his body was buried in the cave of Machpelah in Hebron, in the promised land, in the land of his inheritance. He's mentioned in the... Hebrews, the, 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 the heroes of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. And there's at least two wonderful encounters he had with God. And in Genesis 28, we see he encountered God at Bethel. At that time, he was fleeing from his brother. His brother Esau, who wanted to kill him and he was traveling north in a north direction towards Haran where Laban Rebecca's brother lived and in Matthew Genesis 28 and verse 12 to 14 Genesis 28 uh, sorry Genesis 28 and verses 10 verses 10 to 22 is, uh, is the encounter is the encounter but in verses 12 to 14 Verses 12 to 14. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon you are lying. To you will I give it, and to your seed and your seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and ye shall spread abroad to the west, and to the east, and to the north, and to the south, and in you and in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed." And the Lord stood, you know, the Lord stood above that ladder and reiterated to Jacob the promise, the promise given to Abraham. You know, Jacob, he would face many trials and many sorrows because of Uncle Laban, and because God needed to purge him from that deceitful nature so he could as it were go into his, in the inheritance that God had for him and so God wants to purge us to purify us so that we can be used of God in revival and will multiply good seed now that encounter that Jacob had it was not it was not because Jacob was spiritual in fact, he'd recently lied to his father and, and, and saying he was Esau. He cheated his brother, and he blasphemed the name of the Lord. But this encounter with God helped him through the trials of life that would make him, in God's time, to become spiritual. And, you know, often, often the Lord gives promises, wonderful promises, you know, prior to trials in our life. In verse 15 of that same chapter, God gives a wonderful promise that God says, I'll be with you, Jacob, wherever, wherever you go. God promised to be with him. God promised never to leave him. And that's a promise to us as well. And this encounter with the Lord, you know, helped Jacob, encourage Jacob. He was going to have many sorrows, at his uncle Laban's home because God had to deal with his deceitful nature to make him worthy of the high calling God had for his life. And after this wonderful encounter with the Lord, you know, Jacob called the name of the place. He called it Bethel, the house of God. And in verse 22, he made a promise to God. He made a vow to God. And he vowed to give a tenth, or a tithe to the Lord. And this was before the, you know, some people say, well, tithing, it's not for today, it's, it's, uh, that's just in the law. But this was, not, this was before the law, before the law of Moses. And, you know, in these last days, there's coming, there'll be many judgments upon the earth. There'll be food shortages. There'll be massive food shortages. In fact, many will die of starvation. There'll be many difficulties, but I want to encourage each one of you, even in the difficult times, even in the lean times. Be faithful in tithing, in tithing under the Lord, and in offerings, because that is one of the keys in experiencing the financial blessing of God upon our life. You know, some people say, "Well, I haven't got enough money. I, I, I can't afford to tithe," but really. You know, you can't afford not to tithe. Because God, you know, there'll be there'll be end up all kinds of problems you have, all kinds of unnecessary expenses. And so, you know, that is a, a vow that, that, that Jacob Jacob made. And you know, my wife and I, over many years, over many years, we've always been faithful to tithe, and then beyond that, as the Lord as the Lord leads. And you know, over the years, we've seen not just one or two, we've seen financial miracles you know over and over and over again i mean god is a god you know of abundant supply and if we put him first and obey his ways you know we receive you know tremendous blessing and another occasion where got where jacob had a wonderful encounter with the lord was a few chapters on in chapter 32 and Jacob, Jacob there, he mean, meets the Lord face to face. And this is 20 years after the first encounter at Bethel. And this is after 20 years with, with Uncle Laban, where he'd been, he'd been deceived, he'd been lied to, he'd been maltreated, all kinds of experiences he'd been through. But at the end of it, as he was coming back to the land of his inheritance, he had another encounter with God... And he met God face to face. And God wrestled with Jacob and humbled him to permit Jacob, even permitting Jacob to touch him. And in this encounter with God, the Lord, he touched the thigh of Jacob. Genesis 32, 26. And he said, let me go for the day is breaking. And he said, this is Jacob. I will not let you go. I will not let you go unless you bless me. You know, here we see the, the persistence, the persistence of Jacob. He would not let go. He'd continue, continue wrestling with this man. And God humbled himself. The Lord humbled himself to allow him to wrestle with Jacob. And, you know, Jacob was, he was so tired, you know, of that sinful nature. And he he continued and he cried out to God and and he wrestled and he wrestled and he wrestled and he would not give up. And how desperate are we, maybe, to get free from some area in our lives? Or how desperate are we for revival that God will really pour out his spirit here? You know, we all want to see revival. But are we willing to pray? Are we willing to continue in prayer? Are we willing to cry out to God? For a fresh move of the Spirit of God. We desperately need revival in our lives, personally, in our church, Mount Zion Church, in our valley, with all the needs that are here. And of course, in our nation. But as we continually cry to cry out to God, you know, we will see him move on our behalf. And what God, in verse 27 and verse 28, we say, you know, God said to Jacob, he said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he, God said to Jacob, you will no more be called Jacob. But Israel, for as a prince, you have power with God and with men and have prevailed. With this new encounter with God, Jacob's name was changed from Jacob, the deceiver, the supplanter, To Israel, which means a prince with God, one who has power with God. And then in verse 20, Jacob called the name of the place Peniel. And the meaning of Peniel is is seeing God face to face. I've seen God face to face. My life is preserved. God God met him face to face. And God is wanting to draw us into an intimate relationship with himself. You know, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loves me shall be loved of the Father. And Jesus said, I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Will openly reveal myself to him. And after this experience that Jacob had, after this encounter he had, Jacob became lame because the Lord touched his thigh. And from that time on, he walked with a limp. You know, before, he'd been strong, strong strong-willed. He'd been independent. But the Lord touched him, and now he had to depend upon the Lord. And God wants us not to do our own thing, but to depend upon him, to rely upon him, to seek to be led by his Holy Spirit, Song of Solomon, chapter 8 and verse 5, said, Who is this that comes up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved, leaning on her beloved, holding on to her beloved, holding on to the Lord, depending on the Lord? And so the purpose of the wilderness is to bring us so there's a holy dependence upon the Lord in our lives. Story of a number of orphan children in China. Harold and Josephine Baker, they settled in a town called Kotshui in the southwest corner of Yunnan province in China. They opened there the Adullam rescue mission for many teenage boys and some girls who were beggars and were, and were starving and dying on the streets. There was an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the early 1920s the Spirit of God came into that orphanage in a new way, and children who had not been interested in spiritual things, they felt prostrate on the floor under the power of God. While in the Spirit they saw into the next world, they saw angels, and they talked with them. They played in, they played in the wonderful parks of paradise and saw the saints of old. Little children preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, the lowest most outcast beggar boys saw revelations of invisible worlds and the glories and the glories of those who had been redeemed. They described the glorious scenes that they could not have known existed. Scenes from the book of Revelation and described the Antichrist, the angels above, and those who had died recently, they saw in the golden streets of glory. The whole orphanage was transformed by that encounter with God which lasted several weeks. And you know, without that encounter, nothing would budge the resistance of those boys. Many of them were just aged between 6 and 18 years. But before that, there was a hardness, there was no openness to the Gospel. But after that, you know, they were changed and transformed and experiencing revival. You know, revival is ahead. you know, I believe God God has promised revival. Revival will come. I've got absolutely no doubt about that. But if we're not going to seek God and press into God, God will bypass us and he'll get others who will pray and who will seek him and he will turn from every wicked way. And so by the grace of God, you know, we want in a new way, in a fresh way, we're living in very, very serious times. And, you know, it's not a time to be half-hearted for the Lord. It's a time to be full on. It's a time to press into him. It's a time to prepare for revival. And it's a time to cry out to God that he will come. He will meet with us in a fresh way. He will give us a new encounter for God and give us a hunger and thirst for the Lord that we've never had before. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we thank you for your word Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus. You're an awesome God. We thank you for your promises of revival in the last days. And Lord, a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But oh God, Lord, we pray that we would be a people. Lord, who would love you with all our beings. Lord, who would hunger after you. Who would thirst after you. Who would seek your face. Oh God, we cry to you. Help us to... Press into you. Help us to call on your name. Oh, God, deal with our hearts. Bring fresh repentance, oh, God. And, oh, God, may there be a hunger and a thirst for the living God. Oh, God, come, Lord. Come, Lord. Lord, we want to encounter you in a new and in a fresh way. Thank you, Lord. Do it, oh, God. Do it, oh, God, in each of our hearts. Thank Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you.